Hello and welcome to Euphoria, a podcast all about the great, glam and garish uh, from Eurovision past. My name is Roland Bodnam and as ever I am joined by the... Uh, uh, delicious, Isabel Chilman. Hey, Isabel. Back, back on. You're like I, back to your old favourite, aren't I you? I should start looking up more D words because most likely <laughs> my vocabulary is not great in that respect. No, you're not very quick, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> Sadly. How are you doing, Isabel? All right? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. I'm Good. sounding better than you are. I and, was a bit croaky uh, yesterday, yeah. but you're the croaky today. I went out last Husky night. Roland's back. No, hi, hi. <laughs> um, so if you're joining us for the first time, uh, this is a podcast where we uh, delve into the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, and each week I attempt to create my own Eurovision smash hit. Sometimes they're phenomenal, sometimes they are unlistenable. But we listen, we listen to them anyway, yeah. and then I judge. <laughs> and we get judgy at the end, and yeah. then I, I leave the podcast in tears, in tears quite often. Um, so before we get underway, Isabel, um, as you can tell with my croaky voice, I had a slight, I had a, a bit of a big one last night. Mm-hmm. So, um, so because I uh, normally get the, um, uh, the wine or the beverage to go along with the podcast this week and you may be disappointed I have bought some sparkling apple juice from England oh it's called Newton's what? apple, apple physics. physics like Isaac Newton oh isn't that clever of and them and fizz like sparkle oh, sorry, smart. Uh, it is from uh London. Oh, good. Well, I just found the corner then. So, uh, would you like a glass? Um, yeah, I'll have one glass just yeah. to quench my thirst. But yeah. then I am gonna drink a bottle of open white that's in my fridge. That sounds perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fine. Oh, that easy. was a nice yeah, that's one. Fine. A nice little thing. Yeah, uh, I'll have a bit. Oh, let's see if we can get a nice sparkle going. Good glug. Ooh, that's very. I love nice. a fizzy apple juice. Oh, I tell you what. Um, do you ever? You know, when you do you have like um a, a specific thing that you have to eat when you feel poorly um no i don't i know people who do but i don't um not like a non not like a non-medicine thing yeah yeah what, no, yeah no. what do you do so if when i if i've been ill and had like not really had an appetite and not mm. like not been eating for a few days like when you've got flu or something um when i'm feeling better my go-to meal is um chinese takeaway with an apple tizer. Ooh, that sounds very good. I, I can't get it, like, <laughs> only ever when I'm ill. That's the only time I drink it. Oh, cheers. Cheers, mate. cheers to that then. Hey, uh, let's move on now to the next part of the podcast. And that is... Eurovision News. Um, so we did Russia last week. They're out. Sorry, bye, Russia. Uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> bye, Russia. <laughs> bye, Russia. That's done and dusted. Uh, we're going to move on. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of images coming out of the stage at the minute from Ukraine. It all looks mm. very snazzy. They've got another LED floor screen thing so people can that's do gonna, like... That's going to be going for you know, a while longer, isn't it? Roll around on the floor and stuff yeah. happens around them, which is all very exciting. Um, one um, little bit of controversy that's happening at the minute, though, is... Um, in an interview um, with uh, Eurovision website, Eurovision World, um, Joust, who is Norway's uh, entry into the Eurovision Song Contest this year, has said that the Norwegian national broadcaster is currently in negotiations with the EBU to remove the rule that prohibits pre-recorded vocals during the performances. What? Basically, their entry this year um, uses quite a lot of pre-recorded vocals, and they're saying that they it will detract from the song if they have to remove them. But that's 
the rule of the contest, right? Well, that's one of the fundamentals of the contest. It has to be done live. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard it. Do you know what those bits are? Like, why do they have those bits? Or why do they need so those it, bits? So, it, it, it's what you were talking about last week with your when Russia complained. Right. Uh, it says that um, the issue arose as the entrance of Norway used several electronic voices in their songs. The the difference is is that the one you were talking about last week uses a vocoder, which mm. is a live voice, someone mm. singing on stage, which then ch- makes it sound robotic live. Whereas I think this is like robot uh, like robotic voices just from the speakers rather than from someone mm. speaking on stage. Uh, mate. I don't think they can check the rule book. Like you know, it's a yeah. rule. You yeah. can't. No, no. I'm not. No, I'm not having it. To do this once, it's all going to go out the window. Yeah. Like the, you, this is the beginning of the end of Eurovision. If you start letting people not sing live, yeah, that's the fundamental it of it. Yeah. Exactly. What? What is it then? <laughs> what is it if people aren't singing live? <laughs> um, well, yeah, no. Because if you can't, if you can get in bits that, yeah. Well, that just leads on to auto tune. Yeah. Which leads on to you know we'd never. We'd never have a Gemini no. if, you, if you were allowed to have fake vocals in yeah. the background because you'd never have those moments where you go, oh, you can't sing for shit. Yeah. Wow, yeah. how do we get into this situation? You've got to let people fall on their asses. Yeah. And you can, pol- <laughs> you can polish a song to, to so much that it's like perfect. And if you can spend like the whole year just like tweaking a song, every song is going to sound so super polished. Part of the nerves of the night is like, oh, are they going to fuck up? Are they going to hit that high yeah. note? Like. Every year, there's at least like two or three that sing, uh, you know, really miss those high notes, notes or a bit out of key or a bit flat, and that's what that's part of the that's fun the of, it, of it, isn't it? Nah, mate, I'm not on your side. Okay, well, Norway. Uh, if it no was way, up to Norway. Us, no way, Norway. <laughs> uh, good luck recreating those robot voices uh, live on stage. Oh my god, that would be great. <laughs> I, I wrote about. I mean, no I did do that in, in one of my songs. So uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, well, that's <laughs> that's the news uh, that is happening uh, this week with Eurovision. Let's move on to some any other business. Um, we have an email from our ever reliable Dr. Down Under. Reggie. Good Dr. Down Under, Reggie. Uh, Reggie, is it just, are you, like, is you, are you just our only listener? <laughs> just downloading just you. several hundred so, times. I'm fine with that. You're <laughs> great. It's very nice that we have this conversation from yeah. across the world going yeah. on. Um, so uh, Reggie sent an email, and you predicted this would happen. Uh, Reggie said... About your song. I would say that mm. Wait for the Weekend deserved an eight. I loved it. So thanks, Reggie, uh, for that. Uh, also, Reggie said, and a question that we asked last week, is that there has been magic in the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, yeah, I forgot to look that up. Reggie's most recent memory of magic in Eurovision is uh, Croatia's entry from 2011. Uh, Reggie says the live performance was pretty bad and that the magician couldn't even save it with his magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't actually watched it, but um, we can watch it afterwards and see how well the magician does. Yes, please. Feel free to look at that yourself and then, and then see if you can recreate the magic tricks and send me magic um stuff just like videos to do with magic really good magicians i'm really into magic harry potter no no no, proper real magic real magic david copperfield yeah david blaine real magic i scream even though i know it's fake (laughs) and sometimes i even know how it's done i will scream at things that happen i can't i love i love it it's so cheesy we once um so our buddy benji Mm. 
um, had a party at his once. It was been two years ago now. And a mate of his that was like a regular at the pub came along who is a magician no. and he worked alongside Darren Brown. No. Um, and Benja said to him, as a joke, said, oh yeah, you can come along, come along to the party, but only if you do magic. <laughs> and he turned up reasonably early when there was still only about 10 of us there. Yeah. Um, and he said to Benja, he was like, so what do you, you want me to do? Like go around like people and stuff. And Benja was like, no, 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 I was joking. You can stay, you don't have to do magic. And I heard this and was immediately like, you do have, you to, do do. have to do magic. You have to do magic for me right now. And I lost my oh mind. My he was incredible. <laughs> and he did tons for people, bless him. Like, Aww. I don't know if he, I mean, he didn't stay until the end of the party. So probably he did get fed up. <laughs> oh, I kind of wanted to marry him a little bit. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Love, I'd love to marry a magician. If you're a magician yeah. and you'd like to marry me, mm. please do contact us on euphoriapodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, which is at euphoriacast. Um, if you're not a magician and you'd also like to marry me, that's fine also. <laughs> or if you, I will take all marriage proposals. Or if you don't, it doesn't have to be a marriage proposal. You can just get in touch with us. You can, but I, I mean, <laughs> a proposal would be great. That yeah. would be nice. Nice. Yeah. They're, um, they're good with their hands, magicians, aren't they? Oh, stop <laughs> it, Roland. Stop it. All right, so let's move on from the any other business. Uh, uh, do get in touch with us on those ways of getting in touch with us because we um, are desperately... Just like hearing from you. Desperately lonely. Oh, yeah, and also desperately lonely. That's why I got a cat. Yeah. Oh, there's a cat. This is the first time I met Roland met her, oh, Patsy. She's an angel, Patsy. isn't she? Uh, so, Isabel. So, Roland. It's my turn to tell the Eurovision story this week. And I felt like it had been too long since we'd gone down the old political route. Um, I missed it too much. So we are coming to the story that I call the Orange Revolution and Green Jolly. Okay. Is this going to be another one where you go back about 300 years before Eurovision? No, 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 no. No, this is... Let's no, 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 quickly editing everything. No, 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 no. honestly, delete. I only start 50, uh, 50, ooh, it's 50 to 100 words. years. <laughs> it's now 100 words. Uh, no, it's, it's 2004, Isabel. Okay, and Euro- year. Yeah, and Eurovision is being held in the Abzi Ipeki Arena in Turkey. Lovely stuff. Uh, that year's Eurovision had a number of firsts. Um, it was the first time Eurovision used its latest updated logo. That's the one with the heart-shaped flag in the middle of the oh, word yeah. Eurovision. Uh, it was the first year that Turkey ever gave points to Cyprus, and that's significant because of their strained relationship since the Turkish invasion of Cyprus in 1974. Understandable yeah. things have been tense since yeah. then. <laughs> um, it was also the first time that a country scored more than 200 points but didn't win. Um, <sighs> the only two songs previously to score over 200 points were Ireland's Rock and Roll Kids and the UK's Love Shine a Light. Oh, um, so. banging track. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to yeah. the week where one of us does Katrina in the way. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I need to, yeah. I'm going to do Katrina at yeah. some point. I'm looking forward to hearing oh. that. So in 2004, both Greece and Serbia and Montenegro scored 252 and 263 points respectively. But out in front that year with 280 points was Ukraine's very own Ruslana with the song Wild Dances. Hell yeah. So, and that was also the first time Ukraine won as well. So another first there. Um, there was a slight issue when uh, going to present Ruslana with the trophy. The presenter uh, of the night, Sertab Erina, got her shoe stuck in a speaker grill by the side of the stage <laughs> and had to be freed by a stagehand. However, this apparently didn't delay proceedings. <laughs> and thanks to the heroic action of said stagehand, the prize giving went smoothly after Hilarious. that. Um, just on the note of people falling over or getting like, or tripping, <laughs> I fell over in the street Bloody yesterday. Hell. Like, 
fell like onto my hands and knees oh on the pavement and a woman stepped over me. No. Yes. I thought you were going to say helped you. No. Stepped over Stepped you. over me. Wow. I was aghast. Like, I, I text Benj about it and he was like, that is wonderful in the worst way. Like, that's, it kind of is, yeah. Right? I, I I'm, I'm envisioning her with like a big fur coat and like It's something that happens in Sex like, and the City, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. in Dalston. <laughs> in Dalston as well. Not, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Bloody Sorry. hell. I, I'm, still, I'm still getting my head around it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's understandable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so, Ukraine had won. Uh, hurrah. And they were due... Hurrah. 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 <laughs> Um, and they so lackluster <laughs> I'm still slightly recovering from last night um, they were due to host the Eurovision Song Contest in 2005 as you do um, all very <laughs> exciting however before that was due to happen there were some things that were going on within the country itself so scheduled for October and November was something that an awful lot of European countries are currently going through we all love them. A bloody election. Oh, Yay. <laughs> so uh, this was Ukraine's presidential election and it was taking place in a very highly politically charged atmosphere. Um, so there were allegations during the campaigns of media bias, voter intimidation, and candidate Viktor Yushchenko was poisoned with dioxin, which gave him something called chloracne, which is basically like severe eruptions of acne in cysts <gasps> due to exposure to specific oh chemicals. He was basically like poisoned to kill him, but it didn't kill him, and he survived and 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 uh, yeah, went and carried on campaigning. What the fuck? So there were 26 candidates who would enter the voting and after the votes had been counted, the two leading candidates were basically um, entered into a runoff. So the two leading candidates were the opposition leader, Viktor Yushchenko, who was the one who was poisoned, and the incumbent prime minister, uh, Viktor Yanukovych. Two victors. Battle of the victors. Victor v. Victor. So the opposition... Who's going to be the victor? Uh, you've actually just uh, stolen a joke I have written down later I'm still going to do the joke and we're going to enjoy it um, so the uh, so at the end of the first uh, vote the opposition leader Yushchenko had 39.9% of the vote and Yanukovych had 39.2% of the vote so it was a very close run thing uh, the turnout was apparently 75%, um, but there was a number of irregularities in terms of voter turnout, particularly in regions where um, Yanukovych's support was the largest. Uh, so anyway, because neither of these candidates achieved a share of the vote larger than 50%, there was the runoff election, which was scheduled for November 21st. So uh, after campaigning and voting on November 23rd, the results were announced that Viktor Yanukovych, who was the uh, Prime Minister, was the actual victor for the election, <laughs> and Viktor Yushchenko was not the victor of the election. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was funny when I told yeah, him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like you slightly... Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the one... So the, the poisoned one lost. The poisoned one lost. The... Mate, that guy can't catch a break, can no, he? So, well, the poisoned, not voted into parliament. <laughs> the results were immediately challenged by Yushchenko, and a number of, of international observers also claimed that the election had been rigged. 
Um, the subsequent events. When isn't an election rigged nowadays? <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, it's yeah, it's. Come I to just, expect. I kind of believe that every election is rigged, yeah. regardless of what it was. I don't trust Big Brother's Big Brother results. <laughs> don't trust X Factor anymore, mate. Eurovision, though, come on. Eurovision. Oh, that's the only one that stays true. Even that's had some. Well, even that is dubious. Yeah, now with the panels and that. Well, it's better. I don't know. You can buy votes can't, easier. You can't, can't buy trust, votes for nation. Can't trust anyone, mate. Anyway, well, yeah. Trust <laughs> me. Happy world. <laughs> um, so the results were challenged, and, and uh, yeah, observers claimed that the election was rigged. The subsequent events led to a large number of protests sit-ins, civil disobedience, and general strikes across the country. This is what was dubbed the Orange Revolution. So orange was the colour representing Yushchenko's party. Okay. So it was, a, it was a peaceful revolution. During the height of the revolution, in one of the towns in western Ukraine, which was one of the sort of hotspots for a lot of the protests, three friends who had attended one of the earlier rallies were inspired to write a song to inspire other protests, protesters to keep up the fight. It took them only four hours to produce the song. It's about as long as it takes one, me to produce one of my songs. Uh, and it was an instant hit with the local protesters there. Uh, the three friends were Roman Kalin, Roman Kostyuk, and Andrei Pisetsky. Um, lots of people with the same names, which isn't that helpful when you're writing a story. No. Um, but um, So together they formed a band called green jolly uh, which is actually a ukrainian word uh, and it, it just reads as green jolly uh, it's a wooden uh, it's a word that means wooden sledge oh christ guys <laughs> no no rethink rethink the name <laughs> um, epicenter so, is epicenter a good one i can great. recommend that wooden sledge isn't that it doesn't make you that excited wooden sledge i mean even the actual green jolly bit of like green jolly Jolly Green Giant. Was that the sweet corn man? Yeah, it is. Ho, 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 Green Giant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so their song was called Razom Nazbahato. And it was gaining recognition with the revolutionaries across the country. So Green Jolly uh, actually came to the central protests in Kiev, uh, which was basically the focal point for all the protests across the country. Uh, they performed in the square there, and their song had a an immediate response from the hundreds of thousand people who had gathered. Um, the song basically became an anthem for the revolution, and its lyrics including lines like, Together there are many of us, and we cannot be overcome. No to fortifications, no to lies, no to machin machinations. Uh, were basically chanted and sung by protesters across the country. Um, and it worked actually the protest worked and after a revote was ordered uh, on the 26th of December the final results showed a clear victory for Yushchenko with 52% of the votes to Yanukovych's 44% shut up so poisoned boy got through and won and, and became president of Ukraine bloody hell good right so can we, can we recount the <laughs> EU referendum. Is it too late? Oh God, Is I that mean, too late? I think they've been put in the bin now. <laughs> Very quickly oh, put in a bin. Um, so as if all of that voting and protesting wasn't enough, at the same time, the nominations for Ukraine's Eurovision entry were being decided. Ukraine's national selection process took place over 15 weeks. What? <laughs> so That's intense. Starting from November 1st, um, so this is right in the middle of all that crazy stuff going on. Each week, five songs would compete on national television, and viewers would pick their favourite one. 
and then the 15 winners then compete in the national final on the 27th of February oh my god imagine working on weeks. that 15 weeks of Eurovision songs That's and like, it's not even Eurovision yet no oh what a job we need to do that can we have we 15 weeks of it in the UK we, we would go to every single one as well every, I would help run it for free yeah I'd yeah. volunteer yeah. I don't mind um, I'd be one of the entries yeah. just give it a go when yeah. you've got that many got a chance haven't you times five what's 15 times five 75 sure yeah 75 <laughs> So 75 entries like we're singing on national TV. There's going to be a few. There's going to be a few Diana, Queen of Our Hearts in there, isn't there? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Old Biddy singing about the good old days. keep entering your songs. (laughs) I'll have 75. I could do all all of (laughs) the entries and just my songs in different ways. So um, in the run-up to the national final, there was one clear favourite. It was a woman named Annie Lorak, and uh, her song was uh, a song called A Little Shot of Love, which is a great name. (laughs) Um, and it was extremely popular with the voting public. So all of the heats had occurred and the final was coming up. However, rumours began emerging that Annie had been performing and protesting on the anti-Orange Revolution side of the debate. Uh, And at the last minute, Deputy Prime Minister Mikola Tomenko demanded that four new entries be added to the national final selection lineup. (laughs) To, and he said to reflect the uh, dramatic changes in society due, due to the Orange Revolution. Um, this was quite controversial. Um, the intervention led to accusations that uh, Mr. Tomenko was himself vote rigging and was politically interfering in the contest. Oh, um, so it's simple with Eurovision, isn't never it? simple, never simple. So, however, uh, the addition of these uh, three new entries went ahead, and one of these entries was three young men from Western Ukraine, the band that had become synonymous with the revolution, Green Jolly. Sledge, sledge, sledge. Wooden sledge. Wooden sister sledge. sledge. Wooden sister sledge. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Green Jolly. So the night went ahead with the 15 original winners of the Heat and then the four extra acts thrown in for good measure. And uh, at the end of the night, the winner was announced. Um, So the top two acts were Annie Lorak and Green Jolly. And the winner was Green, Green Jolly, Jolly with 2,247 votes to Annie's 1,952 votes. Uh, Annie uh, said... Recount? Uh, Annie didn't say recount. No, in fact, she specifically said, I'm not going to demand a recount. Uh, she said, I am a creative person. The winner should be music and art. I will seek a place where people will respect and love me. Which I feel like we should all do. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah, all, but also all... she sounds like little Miss Sassy Pants. <laughs> she does like, what a little... I'm going to find a creative space where people really appreciate me for the artist that I am. Yeah, like, I, I have heard so many wankers in East London speaking like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, of course. And then they come to East London because that's where they're going to be respected uh, and loved for their art. And then they step over people in oh, the street. Oh, Jesus mm. Christ. I see you. I see mm. you, woman. I'm going to recognize you. So Green Jolly were all set to represent Ukraine in their own nation, which is all very exciting. Uh, that was, however, if the song contest was going to be held in Ukraine at all. The following month, and with just three months to go until the contest, the Eurovision supervisor at the time, Svante Stoxalius. Svante is a good name. Svante is a good name. So this is the one before um, Thingy Bob Now. What's his name? Jan Ola. Jan Ola. <laughs> What's his name? How hungover are you? 
thingy bob now what's his name the sexy sex god. pot yon the, ola the music god the ebu uh, god <laughs> savior above uh, yeah i know <laughs> uh yon ola yes yeah, blasphemy so, in this know, house I mate know. blasphemy <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry yon <laughs> i'm so sorry yon uh so yeah so svante was the uh, predecessor to yon so svante stuxalius visited the production team in kiev uh, to check on progress he had with him a list of 20 things that he wanted to check to make sure everything was going smoothly. So uh, of that 20 things on the list, absolutely none of them had been achieved. This is with three months to go. According to Svante, there was no venue, there were no hotels, there was no transportation, and Svante was not happy. Apparently, he banged his hand on the table and said, this is not going to work. Oh. Svante, right? They're, they're, they are powerful. Mm. <laughs> These guys are mm. powerful. Uh, he said he was going to recommend that Eurovision moves from Kiev to another country. Um, well, needs must. Yeah, the, the Ukrainian... Do it properly. <laughs> the Ukrainian... Well, why is it bloody Ukraine? Did they not learn from this, this know, situation seriously. with what's happening now? Why can't they pull their fingers out and sort this out? I know, I know. The producer uh, immediately asked Svante if they could take a 10-minute break, so they did. After 10 minutes passed, the producer came back and said to Svante, there is a car outside, can we go somewhere? So Svante got in the car. <laughs> I fucking wouldn't. About <laughs> like, to get killed, I'm gonna, mate. I'm going to get disappeared. It's terrifying. <laughs> Svante being Svante, though, being the... Oh, he could probably kill people with his yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you're head of the EBU, <laughs> you... I think you're sort of like Hercules. Yeah. Like Hercules mixed with Thor, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sv- Like, very manly, powerful... You, you're in control of everything. Svante wasn't scared. Svante nah, wasn't scared. Svante scared So shit. he got in the car and it drove straight to the presidential palace in Kiev. Oh, uh, they got out and then walked into this big room in the palace. And standing there was President Yushchenko and 14 of his ministers. The president said to Svante, I believe we have some problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Svante said, yes, Mr. President, yes, we do. Uh, so they went through the problems and uh, as Svante listed off all the things that weren't ready, Yushchenko began pointing at ministers and saying, you deal with this, you deal with this. The president then turned to Svante and said, can you come back in two weeks? It's the Ukrainian government <laughs> the put Eurovision together. The president did. Yeah, the president was like, this is priority. So, so... <laughs> hilarious Theresa May if you are listening <laughs> this is what I need from a prime minister yeah. okay I mean I don't want you fundamentally but you, we're gonna end up with you so one of the things I want you to commit to is Eurovision this is the commitment I want to see from the leader of my country put, put it in the manifesto right fuck yeah how many fans <laughs> would you get there's a lot of us there's, there's a lot of Eurovision fans yeah. biggest audience in the world yeah yeah really a passionate fan base as well you passionate. know they yeah go... we'd do anything I'd vote for anyone yeah. if they had a Eurovision manifesto <laughs> Eurovision priority I will commit to 15 weeks of, um, <laughs> of t- trials for it. I will commit to putting all of the government ministers. Yeah. Boris Johnson yeah. has to scrub the toilets at the <laughs> yeah. O2 yeah, to yeah. get it all that prepped. Yeah. Like, I'd be happy with that. Oh, it'd be great at the O2 as well. I hadn't even thought about oh, that. Oh my God, we, should, we need to win it at some point. I know. Uh, so Svante agreed to come back in two weeks' time. Uh, but whilst he went away, uh, he also began making arrangements for other countries to host the contest. Um after two weeks, Svante came back to the president, walked back into the same room, and the president said to Svante, I'm afraid we're going to make you disappointed. Svante immediately started talking about whether we're going to move the contest to. He was like, well, we've got it, we've got it ready for this place. Yushchenko then smiled. He did a Chris Tarrant. 
<laughs> he said, we've only solved 19 of the 20 oh, uh, Victor. of the uh, things you asked. You little tease. Yeah. Uh, Classic Victor. So the show went ahead and it was widely seen. What as- was the one they didn't do? I think it was I think it was Denmark or somewhere like that. It was a it was a um No, I mean what was the one out of the 20? Oh, I don't know. They didn't say. Mm. <laughs> it's like toilets or something. It'd be interesting toilets. to know. You're like toilets. we've done everything. Like great. No then it's like like just like everyone walking around being like don't let Swanty <laughs> touch the walls because as soon as he realizes they're actually just cardboard cutouts it's like made of paper. Shit, it's all going to crumble down. Everything's drawings. It's just drawings. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, the show did go ahead and was widely seen as a success, despite its marathon marathon 3.5 hour runtime, uh, which Wogan was commenting on quite a lot throughout. Oh, gosh, he must have been fed up. Uh, So, Ukraine. I mean, he was. I mean, he wasn't a young man towards the end of his, like, Eurovision reign. So, I mean, he must have been getting bored shitless with that nonsense. He became less and less uh, patient with with the whole (laughs) process. I really, I really should re-watch some old Eurovisions when it was Wogan era because he was comedy oh, gold, yeah, he was. especially he was. when he was unimpressed by something <laughs> or unimpressed by someone on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Scathing. Um, so Ukraine uh, was put onto the world stage and its revolutionary song was heard by hundreds of millions across the globe. Um, Green Jolly actually only managed to come 19th in the end um, but I think getting the message out there as we've said about other songs in the past is the sort of the priority with those sorts of things especially something like that that's quite specific to their own country it's mm. not necessarily relevant but it, the actual important thing is making people hear it and even even Annie Lorak got her shot at Eurovision just three years later when she entered with her song Shady Lady <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Great song name. And uh, she, I'm a shady lady. Shady lady. Right? That woman that stepped over me is a shady sh- fucking lady. Shitty lady. She was <laughs> shady. Uh, and Annie Lorak actually came second overall when she entered. So she oh, did I pretty she well. Was smug as fuck. I bet she was smug as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The only thing that's missing from my story currently is the Screen Jolly song mm. because it's not good. Oh. <laughs> and I like the story because it's like nice and, and like everyone did really well and well done everyone. And I feel like hearing their song would detract from it. You've got to play it now. I think you're not going to let me get away with not playing it. No, I want to hear it now. Okay. Hear you it are going <laughs> to immediately hate it. Just remember, this was an anthem of revolution. Oh, dear. Uh, here we go. Finished. We're done with that. It's, it's, That's, it's not. It's not great. So are they? Are they white guys? Oh yeah, they're very white guys. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm. I mean. Yeah. Viva la revolution. Good for you. Fighting the good fight. But don't. Don't rap at Eurovision. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't work. Do not rap. 
<laughs> at <not>. Eurovision. <laughs> do not rap, do not do reggae. Those are the rules. <laughs> it, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's I tough. mean, if someone actually came along that could rap yeah. or could make a good reggae song, but it's just stupid white boys doing it every yeah, time yeah. they can't fucking do it yeah i mean i mean the message is there and it's very nice and good and well done them like you say but it, it's not a great song uh oh, which is no. why it came 19th on the night understandable which, yeah yeah so uh, so it's it's a bit of a shame to end the story on that yeah. <laughs> on that slightly uh, yeah good story though mate yeah it, you know that. nice and political and and actually originally it was just going to be about the them not read, being ready in time but then i heard about their whole you know revolution thing i was like oh, that's quite interesting it yeah. all lots of things happening all at you once you always find stories that I've, I've not even not even come across no no I'm there was a really great podcast researching him. i think i mentioned the podcast before a really good podcast by the bbc called the ambassador's guide to eurovision which oh. is a swedish ambassador basically talking about how you can judge uh, lots of countries' opinions about other countries based on voting patterns for specific years. And there was just quite a small bit about um, Svante's visit to Ukraine uh, and then a little bit about the, the revolution bit. And um, and so I, so I looked into it from there. It's a really interesting podcast. If you can have a listen to it, it's good. I'll do. Uh, so there we go. That was our little, little Ukrainian... Uh, Good work, but they have always been a hot mess. Yeah, it's not not been the best circumstances for them to be hosting, and you'd have thought they'd been well. No, even now, like it's a it's a. That's the I mean, thing. They've never, got a lot going, a lot going on. They've got a lot yeah. of distractions, and I think <laughs> that's such a good way of it. A lot of distractions. Yeah. Ukraine have got, haven't they? It's a very polite way of putting it. <laughs> I love quite, it. Quite a few distractions, so it's kind of understandable. But if you're going to host Eurovision, then you've got to take it seriously, Focus, mate. Yeah, you've got Focus. to have your. Pri- I mean, that's what happened. Bloody President Yushchenko got all got of his involved. all of his ministers on, and good for uh, you, Vicky. Yeah, good for you, Vicky. <laughs> So there we go. So that's my story. Uh, it's now time to move on uh, to the part of the podcast that always gets me, gets my hopes up, and then my hopes get drastically dashed. Trample them into the ground. <laughs> and this week, um, I've sort of been quite aware that I've been doing, I've done quite a few electro-y ones in a row mm, now. Um, and I, um, are you going to go acapella, mate? I'm not. I've not done acapella. Are you gonna, no, like I, just raw. I had to sing really it. beautiful raw talent. I had to sing it today with this oh, voice. <laughs> there was no way I was doing acapella then. Um, so. So I was trying to think sort of what sort of music, is, other than that sort of electro vibe, what sort of music is good for that kind of uh, situation, like a big arena, um, a, like a big, um, exciting venue with lots of people in the audience. And I thought of, rather than just thinking about other like Eurovision things, I thought, you know, what, at, like festivals and big crowds and things like that, what's the ones that start getting people uh, going? Ones and, where everyone can clap along. Well... I my thoughts immediately turned to uh, middle of the road uh, festival favourites Mumford and Sons, oh. and I started thinking about sort of like folk and country and like jumpy jiggy music, yeah. um, and my thoughts went in that direction. And as such, I have written a song uh, called "Devil in Disguise." <laughs> okay. Would you like to have End a listen? The title, yeah, all right. Okay, this is. Devil in Disguise. Mm-hmm. 
she gets you there in her sights She's got something about her She's got triple six in her eyes When she walks you'll be in shock She'll keep you up around the clock Let her lure you in and spit you out She'll be steady as a rock So ask no questions, she'll say no lies If you think you're in, you'll be surprised Before too long you'll realize to watch out Cause she's a devil in disguise Once with me, she's on her way There ain't no stopping when it's time to play Before you look to Compromise She'll do what she does Cause she's a devil in disguise I met her in a dusty bar Georgia gave a smile And said Mr. Devil won't be getting far She sent him running With his back on his back And his tail between his legs And to this day Mr. Devil tells a tale And this is what he says He says with me, she's on her way There ain't no stopping when it's time to play Before you look to compromise She'll do what she does Cause she's a devil in disguise That was Mumford and Sons-esque country favourite Devil in Disguise um, you could slightly tell that I had a slightly tired voice at certain points. It broke a couple of times, didn't it? It went a bit uh, wobbly. Yeah, it did a little bit. But um, I <laughs> it's worth thinking about it. <laughs> um, I feel like I kept to my promise of keeping middle of the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, for definite. I've not dipped my toe into country music before. and no, uh, you haven't. It was, it was a little bit... Um, <laughs> Um, oh brother, where art thou? Esque. Interesting. Like, mm. what do you mean by that? Like, I think, like kind of southern, yeah, America yeah. country. Yeah. it's quite popular right than now. Mumford like, and Sons country. Kind of, yeah, it's a bit more Americanery kind of yeah. vibes. It's not very Eurovision. Mm, it's not very Eurovision. <laughs> I feel like it was lo- it was perfectly pleasant. Middle of the road, right? Middle of the road. <laughs> it was perfectly pleasant. Alongside 20 other songs, yeah, you'd yeah. get that forgotten instantly. <laughs> if that was played at Eurovision, like, I'd forget two songs on what that was or who was singing it. Here's, here's the thing, I think, with, with the Garage Band app, it's very easy to do. They have a lot of electro-y sounds and a lot of, uh, like, electro-noises you can make, lots of bleeps and bloops, uh, and make them sound very good. They've got very few, like, acoustic things, so I was quite limited and Bad if I... workman blames his tools. <laughs> well, if I had, if I had, if if if, but <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I would love to. T- I'd have taken it up another notch to like do another like where it's all like everything like like goes a bit. Yeah, like, it needs more. to be a bit harder. Yeah, and maybe yeah. have a bit where it went a bit faster and yeah. got a bit more Mumfordy. Like yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. like everyone kind of stomping their yeah. feet. I was with it, but then I forgot it and I've forgotten it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. I was. I liked the lyrics. I was singing when I was hungover and this morning, so it wasn't my best performance. No. Um, but uh, it is a sketch, and hopefully the performer on night won't be hungover and have a <laughs> sore throat. Oh, bloody well, hope not. Give a vision. You party afterwards, not before. Jesus, get, yeah. your, get your priorities in order. Yeah. So as a first foray into the. Uh, into the little field of, of country and something a little bit different, a little bit non-electro. Occasionally people do country at Eurovision, don't they? Doesn't that really ever go down very no, well? it doesn't do very well, does it? <laughs> yeah, that actually sits alongside, like, yeah, yeah. rap and reggae. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> don't ever do well. No one's that into it. We want pop, we want dance, uh, we want an incredible ballad. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're right. I need to. Maybe I need to go into pop next time then. Oh, more into pop rather yeah. than electro like yes, please. stuff you know so. I love pop mm. okay have you done a ballad yes I'm sure I have I mean not f- not, not full on belting like ballad but I don't know that I'll be able to <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't yeah. done like a just like a piano ballad like Lucy's was when it first got chosen so yeah. maybe I can go into that as well I'm not a good, very good at piano so, uh, so Isabel um, not very good at country either mate hey <laughs> I stopped you let's <laughs> on that note let's see what score you would give it so you've watched that song on Eurovision night and uh, what score would you give Devil in Disguise oh, it's a good title it's a great title it had some good lyrics it wasn't offensive in any way it was very middle of the road though and was quite forgettable yeah I mean <sighs> I'm going to go middle of the road and this is me being nice because if I was th- really judging this in like a Eurovision yeah. on the night Eurovision context of what it would get given yeah. I think probably <laughs> you'd only get a toi but I'm going to give you a sank uh, okay I mean okay. that's fine it's middle of the road and I appreciate exactly. that bone you threw me there <laughs> uh, so thank you for that as well thank you for listening to my song and my story and uh, you're very welcome and, and sitting through it all uh, thank you for listening as well at home um, we appreciate you listening don't we we really we do appreciate you we um, really appreciate you um, a couple of po- points actually to end off on oh yeah Oh yeah, your uh, eyebrows yeah. went and then. Oh yeah, it's there now. So we were hoping that this week we'd be able to get the wonderful Reverend on the podcast oh, because uh, my father is visiting from Canada at the yes. moment, but unfortunately he's not around. I'm the sad. days that Roland's around, so we can't record it together. But I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some snippets. Oh, for him. next week. For next week, I'm gonna get oh, some brilliant. sound bites. So, that's great. So that's exciting. So tune in next week to hear the Reverend. I am sad that I'm not gonna see him, but at the same time, I quite like that there's still the mystery there of me oh, having, yeah. having oh, never he, met he, him. He was talking about you on Friday <laughs> when we were having lunch. He was really, he was really. He said, in fact, he told me to tell you he's very disappointed in you no! for not being here for him to be able oh, to do the podcast God, live. I know. Very disappointed. I mean, I am in Abu Dhabi. So I know. I did explain it to him and he was like, no, nope, you can tell him. I'm very disappointed. Oh, God, I'm so he's sorry. very sad. He's not going to be on I am really sorry. At some point, though, he'll be on. But, Dad, um, you still just have to keep emailing in, mate. Yeah, please fine. do. I hope he forgives me. <sighs> he's going to have to at some yeah, point. Yeah. And also, don't forget that if you are based in the UK, 
especially London, yeah. just so you're not spending too much money. We will be at a Eurovision screening in Peckham, New Cross at yeah. the Montague Arms pub. It's called Nilpois, um, or if you search for it online, as in like nil points, spelled yeah. that way. Uh, hosted by the wonderful drag queen extraordinaire, Portion of Fries. There will be quizzes and prizes and yeah. live performances, yeah. screaming at the TV, lots of booze it'll be great fun we'll tickets are five pounds we'll be there which yeah. will be even better <laughs> um looking fabulous both yeah. of us yeah it's five pound a ticket yeah it's gonna be the whole place is booked out for eurovision so it's gonna be just jam-packed full of other eurovision fans everyone there with the same goal just to have a great fucking time so please do come along you can find tickets online you'll be able to find it on facebook most likely um, and we will also be having Porsche on the podcast in a few yeah. weeks' time as well. So Porsche's going to come on and have a little chat with us about her Eurovision story too. It is coming up so quick. Eurovision so is quick like now. three weeks away. It's like crazy. Less now. It's crazy. Um, but all very exciting as well. Uh, so uh, thank you all for listening and uh, please do be sure to tune in next week. So let's end the podcast the same way we do every week with our usual catchphrase, Isabel. Are you a shady lady? <laughs> now I'm a devil in disguise. Hey! Hey! Thank you for listening, guys. See you next week. Goodbye. Hey!